Hey everyone, my name is Jack Williams here with S and Kassam, and welcome to another episode of the Knoll Sports Podcast, basically talking about everything that's going on in the Florida State Athletics world, ranging from football all the way to soccer, including our basketball teams that are just starting up now. Um, but we'll jump right into it now, we're talking about football right here, uh, getting into our last game at Dope Campbell as Florida State, number four in the country right now, hosting uh, North Alabama here. Uh, it could be very easy, Essen, to you know walk past this game and think about you know, it's cupcake week and, you know, not think too much about the opponent. But Mike Norvell kind of said the opposite, honestly. It just, you know, you wrote a story kind of delving in a little bit more about what he said at the Monday press conference about North Alabama and, you know, the opponent they are. And it's still a game that they need to focus on. You know, you know, I think one thing he harped on it and he's harped on it a couple of times this week is this is not. Yes, it's North Alabama, but senior day. You're play, it's a final game for the seniors at Doak Campbell Stadium. Yes, it's an FCS opponent. You could, re- you know, really overlook this game, but he said we respect this game. We respect our responsibility. We respect who we're playing. We, we we're going to respect all things that are necessary to go and be better than we've been Saturday. And I think that's a good point. Is you're at the point of the season now. We talk about this in the um, Seminole script a little bit. Style points don't give a crap about anymore. Um, you've played what you've played now, but you mess around and beat an FCS opponent by 14 points. All of a sudden, even 21 points, it's a clo- you know, it's a closer than expected game. All of a sudden you're looking at people like is Florida State good or are they deserving of being in, in the national conversation because at this point with nitpicking season, especially with four uh, five undefeated teams right now, obviously we'll do one down, but if Florida State, let's say for whatever reason beats you at um you know UNA twenty one fourteen just throwing a random score out there twenty one fourteen, you know the discussion if Alabama goes and beats Georgia in the SEC championship game by three points becomes hmm does Florida State need to be in there over um uh, Georgia so it becomes a real discussion so you don't want to mess around I obviously we don't we'll get to predictions later but we don't think Florida State's going to mess around that much and uh, we've seen that in practice already this is a team that's like you. All season is ready to get at it. They're not taking opponents lightly. It's um, it's cliche and it's um, kind of annoying to hear from players at times. <laughs> but it's always it's about us. It's not about our opponent. Mm-hmm. But it's been what's working for them, and they shouldn't change if it's working for them. Right, right, right. No, it's um, I mean it's 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 very much a slanted line when you talk about it. I believe there's, I think FSU has only like. I think they have a 99% chance of winning. You really can't give them 100, but UNA has the 1%. So you think there's a chance? They have a 1% chance of winning, yes. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's important to respect the opponent. <laughs> I guess there's no line on there's it. Essen no has the bet online uh, um, site up, and apparently the bet is not up yet. But, I mean, Florida State is a heavy favorite in this game. It is important for them to, you know, respect the opponents and stuff like that. As Essa mentioned, that they've been on the same mentality the entire year and taking it one each t- game at a time and stuff like that. Um, I'm sorry, Jesus, I'm tired. Um, uh, do we have the lineup yet? Or so yeah, according to USA Today on the Sports Book Wire, because um, North Alabama is an FCS school playing one of the big boys. Uh, there are no odds in this matchup as of. Um, Monday afternoon, I still don't see one. Um, and they said there's very likely there's not a line. So just um, that's how big of a blowout should be. 
Yeah, it's expected to be a big blowout game. I mean, even in the FCS standards, North Alabama isn't you know great this year. They're I think Essen just had the record up. They're three and seven right now. Um, I think they're riding a losing streak into the end of the season too. This is also North Alabama's last game of the regular season as well. Um, so so when you talk about FCS schools, this is one that's not really in a great place. We could see. I'm kind of previewing it. My prediction you could i think we're going to see shades maybe not the exact same thing but i think we're going to see shades of what fsu did to idaho back in 2013 um i think fsu's gonna in my personal opinion i think fsu's gonna really end up opening up this game but um i mean it's still the same way they're respecting the opponent no matter who it is and they're going into this game the same way like they have with any other game yeah no i mean we saw a preview of what this game could be a little bit not saying Southern Miss is the same team. They're a, um, you know, usually a good FBS team that did not have a great game. The, um, you know, the great game against Florida State struggled, and they've done a great season. Followed up after, I, Florida, I think you know you probably might see sixty something points on the board. It was that was that was a sixty six thirteen final to point. Mm-hmm. Florida State scored fourteen seventeen twenty one and fourteen. This is a game. You know, we could see Jordan Travis play one quarter. We could see him play one half. I don't. I, if he plays in the third quarter, I'll be shocked. Right. Um, if he plays in the third quarter, something must have gone wrong. It, it's like it's like what you said in Samuel script too. It may be a thing too where they might play him for a little bit in the third quarter because it is his last game at Doak. Um, it, it, it's it's all going to be interesting as to when they will, um, for lack of a better term, you know, pull the pull him off the stage and throw in either Brock or um, Tate or. Yeah, Brock or Tate, maybe AJ. Um, you know, there's a lot of options in this game to get people in for sure. Um, Personally, I would go um, how I do it is, um, you know, first quarter Jordan, second quarter Tate, third quarter um, Brock, and fourth quarter AJ. Get all your quarterbacks in there, get a little bit of playing time. Exactly. Because um, unfortunately for Florida State, while it's not been a, one of the tougher schedules in the country, the Boston College game was the closer than expected. Um, Virginia Tech did not get a blowout till late, and just, they've not had many games where they've been dom like Wake Forest is one example, but they've not had like mo- a lot of games where they've just dominated the opponent from beginning to end and had a significant blowout. Right. I mean, there's been some, but Southern Miss is the only one that was like that in that situation. Yeah, yeah, and then I think this is the game that we're really gonna end up seeing that you know really blow out this year and stuff stuff like that um i think a lot of people are kind of been expecting this throughout the year no matter what position fsu was going to be and i think most people were expecting this game to be a blowout but i guess you know sm i guess what predictions do you have for this game oof that's a that's a tough one um <laughs> uh, i don't have the exact score i mean let's go i think florida state's beats the southern miss score from earlier this year so i'll go 70 points okay. 10 touchdowns um, luckily, they don't have a mascot that does the um, the push the push ups each time they score because they'd be doing it for a while. So good for them for not doing that to their mascot. If there's an FSU fan that would like to take on the challenge, go ahead. <laughs> um, so we'll say seventy mm-hmm. two. I'll give North Alabama North Alabama fourteen because they'll be playing some backups later on, and um, I think they'll probably find the end zone. So seventy to fourteen. Okay, um, I think I went a little. I went a little further and a little less with my prediction. I think this is going to be a big game. I don't. I think they're going to get close to that. Um, 
uh, Idaho score, but I don't think they're going to beat it. I think it's going to be 76 to 6. Um, I, I think FSU is going to keep pushing, and I don't really think there's going to be a lot of let up. I think, I think in my opinion, maybe there's going to be two field goals from North Alabama. Maybe, I think the other option would be maybe there's a touchdown and they try to go for two and they fail. I think that's what it's going to come out to. I think either way, we both don't really have – we both have this as a very wide game coming up for uh, – FSU and you know what it can be and stuff like that. But yeah, that's on Saturday at 6.30 p.m., the final night game of the season at Doe Campbell. Um, it will be on the CW, um, which the CW is tied, um, which has this new contract with the ACC network. So I think at least one game a week is on the is on the CW. So, so um, no, we won't have the option of switching to Grimoire Girls when the um, <laughs> it's a blowout because – the CW bearing this game instead of the Gilmore Girls. So yeah, sorry, guys. yeah, yeah. But that game will be on the CW, and, and then after you can watch your Gilmore Girls um, after the game is on. But, yeah, we'll jump into another big thing that happened this week. These, uh, God, is it the second rendition or third? This is number three. This is the third rendition of the college football playoff rankings. Where they wasted so much time last night. I, I didn't watch The it. Duke game went to overtime. Duke-Michigan State went to overtime. Didn't they had to talk about every – like – they, I I get we had to unveil the top twenty five all all top of the um top nineteen teams, but let's be honest, we don't care until the top six at this point. No, yeah, I, it's it was just a lot. I'm like, come on, just come on, keep going. They just they they have to make twenty five, and yeah, I don't know. They they're they're trying real hard to keep people. They're trying to really keep those rating numbers high yeah, on those so. broadcasts. But um, so notable teams in their you know UNC's twenty. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go backwards just because you know. Notre Dame, a team that a lot of ACC teams have played, is 19. Um, big for FSU fans, LSU is number 15. Um, let's see. Louisville. Louisville is 10. Alabama, 8. Texas, 7. Oregon, 6. Washington, 5. Florida State, 4. Michigan, 3. And the big one, that you know, significant one, was Georgia jumped Ohio State. And rightfully so, because they demolished... The former number nine team, who is number thirteen now, Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I think it was like fifty-one, something like fifty-one, fourteen. Uh, I, I, I remember it was a wide score. I don't remember how big it was. It was a just Georgia. Um, they got Brock Bowers back. Their tight end, fifty-two, seventeen is the final score, and they just dominated Ole Miss. Granted, it was a home game, but Ole Miss was a team that people said, "Oh, they could give Georgia a scare. They could play this tough game." And Georgia's like. <laughs> Come try, try us. See what happens. And they tried them, and um, the result speaks for itself. So I do believe Georgia, rightfully so. I guess we could just get right into it. Yeah. Uh, personal rankings. Go ahead. Um, you know, I, I think me and Jack both agree. Call it's interesting how they do it. Um, but yeah. So I this morning for fun had a column up on Tallahassee.com. Actually, Wednesday morning, since you guys will be listening probably on Thursday. Did a column about, you know, the third college football rankings released Tuesday. So, as usual, the committee made, um, made some questionable calls. I'm being nice there. <laughs> um, obviously, Florida State can its own destiny with three games left on their schedule for sure. They went out. They're going to be a playoff team. It does not matter. You know, they're probably number three. Number, could be number four. Yeah, it depends on who Because two win. teams ahead of them have zero losses, and one of them, one of them will have one. Well, one will have one, yeah. But yeah, no. So um, start off. I kind of previewed a little bit. I have Georgia number one. Their key wins are number twelve Missouri, number nine Ole Miss, and number twenty Kentucky. 
these are where the teams are ranked at the time of the games because I think that's a better judge of like you know how they were playing and what they were doing. Their strength of schedule seventh in the country according to ESPN. Oh, sorry, their strength of record seventh. Strength of schedule seventy eighth in ESPN FPI is sixth. Defending champion, two time defending champions, twenty seven in a row. They obviously deserve everything done their way. I think this is a controversial one. Oh, let me I'll go. Remaining schedule: they have eighteen Georgia, number eighteen Tennessee this week. Georgia Tech next week, and then they will have Alabama in the championship game, mm-hmm. SEC championship game. Number two, I'm going to get controversial earlier. Mm-hmm. I have Washington and Jack in the test. I've been high on Washington. For, for a while. For a while. So mm-hmm. this is not like, you know. A, it's not out of the blue. It's not inconsistent. I think Washington has shown enough to me. Mm-hmm. You know, they ha- and they have wins over number eight, Oregon, number 20, USC, and number 18, Utah. Once again, that is teams that they have, um, you know, where they were ranked at the time of the game. ESPN straight to the record is second. ESPN straight to the schedule is 43rd. ESPN FPI is 13th. They still have number 11, Oregon State. And then rival Washington State in the Apple Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a potential rematch with Oregon number. Yeah, in the Pac-12 the championship. Pac-12 championship. So they will, if they get there, they have will have earned it. Went over their schedule. Number three, I have Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have key wins over number nine, Notre Dame, no, number seven, Penn State. Two top ten wins. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Their strength of record is first, according to ESPN. Strength of schedule is 39th. ESPN FPI is in second. Um, I think they're a good team. You know, or if you're going to make an argument for a player that's the best player in college football outside of Brock Bowers, and you could, if you made the argument that Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player, I would not argue. This guy is a very talented, very good player. The Buckeyes allow our fourth nation allowing just two hundred sixty-two point um two hundred sixty-two point yards per game. They don't allow a lot of um, passing yards. They don't let you run the ball. They are very efficient on both sides of the ball. They have Minnesota this week, number three Michigan next week, and then a potentially Big Ten championship game against Iowa. I think it is. Yeah, Iowa. It's it's a mess in the Big Ten West. And I will say, if um, they play Iowa, take the under. Um, if whenever anyone plays Iowa, take the under. Mm. Number four, Florida State Seminoles. Mm. Um, have a Alicia took a great photo of um, Trey Benson running with the Miami. Uh, the ibis is in ibis. the background. Yeah, he's not being arrested this time. Um, but um, interesting photo. It's a it's an interesting photo. I like it. I, I had to throw this in there because I thought it was a good photo. Um, Alicia Devine does a great job taking photos for us. Key wins for Florida State: number five LSU, number sixteen Duke. Obviously, Duke is out of the rankings now. Riley, Riley Leonard is done for the season, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, Duke's kind of falling apart. They lost to UNC last week. They're out of the, a lot of stuff. They would be a poll-eligible team. Mm-hmm. Good team, but it's Duke. Um, LSU being number 15 now obviously still looks pretty good for the win. And what even looks better for Florida State's defense, I mentioned here, is Jaden Daniels. They sh- kind of shut him down. Yeah, they eliminated him Made him, him look a pedestrian. Um, and... He just put up 600 yards by himself Yeah, against a Florida defense. Mm. I mean, that's a Swiss cheese defense, but still impressive. Um, ESPN strength of record for Florida. Um, ESPN strength of record is third. Strength of re- schedule is 55th. ESPN FPI, they have been 58th. Um, they've allowed just six passing touchdowns this year. Jordan Travis is a Heisman candidate. Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson probably rivals that Ohio State duo for best running, uh, best wide receivers. And then you have Mike Norvell, who, you know, we didn't talk about this much earlier, but we might talk about it a little bit after we go through the standing, the our thing. But um, Mike Norvell, who, there's a reason why he was brought up 
as on hot boards from Texas A&M sites to national sites as a candidate for the Texas A&M job mm-hmm. is because he's a brilliant coaching mind, great offensive mind. He's a great CEO of a football program. So I think that's a major advantage Florida State has. I mean, you look at it, Brian Day's a good coach. Jim Harbaugh's a good coach if he's allowed to coach that game. <laughs> um, and then obviously Kirby Smart is Kirby Smart. Nick Saban's, you know, alive still. But top five, top ten coach. Mike Norvell, would you disagree with that? No, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, and then you have Alabama, Texas, Oregon, Michigan as teams. You know, I have Michigan five. They have a nice one over Penn State last week, but with everything going around them, I have um, an otherwise unimpressive schedule. I have questions about them. I mean, obviously, ESPN really likes them. They um, FPI, they're number one. Strength of schedule, I think they're number one. Or not number one, but they they are a team that, if they beat Ohio State, are going to deserve to be where they are because allegedly they won't be stealing sand at that point. We'll see. They have a more... Credible, creditable win under the belt. You could argue Penn State is, but I, Ohio State would be the ticket. Yeah, Ohio State's a ticket. Um, so that was six. Uh, so five, six. I have Alabama. Yes, they lost to Texas earlier this year, but they just destroyed Kentucky last week. They have wins over Ole Miss. They have a win over LSU, who are you know top fifteen wins. If they beat Georgia. They'll be have more and earned it. Jalen Mulrow, which I remember the discourse around him at the beginning of the season was, oh, this guy's not going to be a quarterback. This guy cannot be the quarterback for Alabama. If this guy's a quarterback, Alabama's not going to go far. Mm-hmm. Here we are. He's a real weapon, and there's a real chance if he has a couple of good weeks in the season, he could be on the stage in New York. Not as a winner. I don't think he's going to win. I think Jane Daniels is kind of run away with it or close to running away with it. But... um Jason Jalen Melrose is a Heisman candidate. He has a real deal next year with Alabama. He might be very dangerous. Um, number um, seven, I have Oregon. Bo Nix, Dan Lanning. Um, you know, another Bo Nix would be another player that's probably going to go up to the New York for the Heisman Trophy. Dan Lanning is a coach, another coach. You know, speaking of Norvell, a young coach who is getting his name thrown out for every major opening. Mm-hmm. So that tells you where he's doing. Number eight, I have Texas. Um, they had that obviously that went over Alabama earlier this year. Then they lost to Oklahoma. They had a thirty-five six week um, win over ba- um, Baylor BYU a couple weeks ago, but they beat TCU last week by three points and tried to give that game away. So. A lot of questions with the one-loss teams. I mean, at this point, we're nitpicking anyways. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think, Jack, you have a top six you want to go over? Yeah, I, I'm still just not sold on Georgia. Um, I feel like there, there's a lot of coattailing riding with just – this is the defending two-time national champion. I understand there's respect in that and putting them in the top four. I don't really believe Ole Miss was really a show-me game. They're still at home. I don't really think they've had a road challenge this year yet. You blew out Ole Miss, who is a top 15 team, was a top 10 team at the time. Um, I just, if if they beat Alabama, I think then that's kind of the selling point for them. So I don't, I'm not really sold at Georgia being the number one team in the country. I still think Ohio State is still the top team in the country right now. Um, They look good. They look you know, full. They look. They just look like a complete team right now. They look like the best team out of the Michigan, Ohio State duo, duo right now. Um, you know, I think they had a wider win over Penn State. I can't remember right now. Um, but you know, 
Questions will be answered to when we get to the last week of the, the regular season when they play Michigan. That will be kind of the decisive point. So that's kind of what I have there with Ohio State. I have Georgia, too, following up on that. Again, I just don't have Georgia sold as the number one team. I still think they are a playoff team. I still think they have the credit as the number two team in the country. But I just think that they don't have just not – they haven't owned that number one spot yet. They have Tennessee coming up, which I don't – you you can argue Nayland Stadium is – a harsh environment and it is and i think georgia fans will make excuses saying that well this is this is your road challenge but tennessee is just not what it was last year um so we'll see what happens there if they lose that could damage their, their credibility a little bit more as well, well they lose um, yeah yeah it opens up a route for alabama too um and then they play georgia tech which is a blowout win for them but alabama will be the sh- prove me game unless something happens at tennessee uh number three at florida state moving up there i think this team just has a very direct route into the playoffs right now i think just going straight forward with them like if they yeah they just win out they're in and stuff like that i think things are really you know i think they have just the most direct route and most the easiest route to well easy is not the right word but i think they have the most direct route the most straightforward route into getting in and i think three is probably the likely spot for them washington and i have four um yeah, just have a strong record right now. They're undefeated. Um, you know, there's been some tense moments of games here and there, but I think they've just been pretty consistent so far, and I think they truly deserve that num- that last spot there. Again, that will be another game we'll see where it comes down to the championship game and if they'll be able to handle Oregon again. Um, Michigan at five, um, it's, we're not going to get – I'm not going to have really budge or put this team in until whatever happens after the Ohio State-Michigan game. This team just – uh, outside of my opinions on them as to what happened with you know, all the sign ceiling and stuff like that, I just I just don't think this team is playing a good schedule right now. You can argue again the Penn State win, yeah, 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 but it's it just wasn't enough in my opinion. We won't let Jack on that entire. Time. No, I, 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 I won't week. get back into it. And then um, Oregon, I have at six. Um, this is a team like they're still very much in the hunt. Um, I think if they beat Washington in the Pac-12 championship game, they can jump right back into there. Um, then we'll get them. The nitpicking will get really, really narrow if Oregon beats Washington in that game. But um, I'm assuming your next two teams would be Georgia, um, Texas and Alabama. How would you rank those two? I put Alabama in front of Texas, um, despite the win earlier this year. Despite the win earlier this year, Alabama's done a lot of growing throughout the year, and I think they've become a stronger team throughout the year. And I think. It's Alabama too. It's hard to leave. It's hard for this team to be out. Just they, they it's oh, they have the whole like it's not over till it's over mentality. So I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to creep back up into that top four just because it's Alabama. And then the rat poison works. Yeah, and, and the um, uh, who was after that? Texas. Um, yeah, the, um, you know they have the win from earlier on Oklahoma. The Oklahoma thing might sting them a lot more just because Oklahoma beat them, and then you have Oklahoma losing to Kansas. You have Kansas who lost to Texas Tech, and it just kind of I think the Big Twelve is one of those leagues where if you put all the teams next to each other, they've technically all beaten each other at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a circular kind of thing. Um, so I think Texas has a harder route in than Alabama, and Alabama. It's just Alabama is just one of those teams that like. For as long as I can remember watching college football, they've just always been in the national title conversation. And this is like the first year in like a bit where they haven't really. So like it's hard to like not count them out of it as much as people would like them. I know to be out of that conversation, they're still very much in it. If they knock off Georgia, they're in my opinion, 
things I shouldn't say they're in, but things get very, very complicated at that four spot. Um, again, the only team, maybe even if Georgia loses and if Georgia loses and then Ohio State loses, say say Ohio State, Georgia, Ohio State, no, Ohio State's not losing that game. Uh, Georgia and if they, if Ohio State, okay, I, now I got it. If Ohio State loses to Michigan, and then Georgia loses to Alabama, and then Washington loses to Oregon. They're going to be a very clear route for FSU to go into the number two spot, in my opinion. Um, I don't know how much. Maybe number one. It's kind of a stretch. I don't know. Things might be crazy, but there's a route. There Again, like I said, I'm going to wrap this up right here, this part of everything. But um, Florida State's route, in my opinion, is the clearest to get there you just got to be northern alabama florida and the swamp which may be their hardest game and then you get louisville um which will be louisville as of now um but we'll see uh where the cards is quite literally where the cards land um when that game comes around it should be an interesting matchup i'm very interesting very interested to see what louisville, louisville's identity this is year and what they're going to look like going up against florida state so yeah, that's kind of a long-winded way to end my kind of top six. <laughs> we'll see if Louisville gets there. They have to beat Miami this week, which we saw last week, and that could be an easy task if Miami's up for it. Right. My, Miami's been so weird week to week. If Miami beats them, it uh, opens up the door for UNC to win their game and probably get back. I mean, it's I haven't played all the scenarios out, but um, CC football standings um, – you know, Louisville six and one, UNC's they're four and two, NC State's at four and two, Virginia Tech's at four and two. There's a there's a Is there anybody behind them is there's just those two there four and two as well. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, there's a chance Virginia Tech could work its way back into the championship game and play Florida State how, again. How the hell is UNC four and two right now in this not UNC, NC State? <laughs> well, they have that one over Miami. Oh my god, they're seven and three? Where did NC State come from? Well, there there's a state called North Carolina. No, well that's not what I mean, <laughs> not geographically, but they do have wins over Clemson this year. They have a win over Marshall. I don't. When you bring it up like that, it's just. I think it's just because I've been so in FSU land so long because focused on what what their thing is. It's hard to keep up with definitely just what's going on with the ACC and stuff. They had like a that. three point loss to Louisville earlier this year, so it's not. This team looks legit. I mean. That looks a little concerning. The 48-41 lost to Marshall, and then they lost 24-3 to Duke, but that was obviously – and they could not move the ball in that game. That was the game before the Florida State game, which we – you know, at NC State's a lot of unknowns, but that's besides the point. Um, uh, F- in FSU terms, FSU's fine right now. We will, we will <laughs> know next week at this time when we record who yes. Florida State's playing, so mm-hmm. we will talk – we can talk about that then because at this point – still up in the air. <laughs> still up in the air, but um, yeah, I mean – what an interesting Saturday, Sunday morning to wake up to, seeing that Jimbo Fisher has been fired. Right. Um, obviously, that was Florida State fans took you know happiness in that because Jimbo was gone. Right. Um, Jimbo obviously left this job high and dry. Took a seven-year, seventy million dollar contract from A and M, and um, they extended him for some reason, and they had to pay him seventy-seven million dollar buyout. Amazing. I want to be an SEC coach so I could get um, so I could flame out and get fired eventually and make take seventy seven million dollars. That it might be a Texas A and M thing. Too. I mean, the SEC is a lot of money, but Texas A and M's got some, Florida some likes very very interesting. A lot of donor money coming from that school. Florida's not seventy seven million, but they paid. Um, you know, I think they paid Dan Mullen a hefty penny. They paid um, 
Jim McElwain hefty money, and you know, so I, I maybe they didn't have to pay him since you know he made up death threats, but that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, Sunday that happened. Then quickly, people made hot boards. People made um, different things. You know, A and M sites started. Carter um, Carl's a former Democrat reporter mentioned that his first call would be Mike Norvell, which. I think it's one hundred percent correct. That's the first call. Whether he's being receptive or not is a different thing. That's mm-hmm. not the point. You, that's the first call you make because you have to do your due diligence. Because you throw ten years, hundred million dollars, throwing some. I'm not saying that's going to be a contract, uh-huh. but you throw ten years, hundred million dollars in front of anyone. Be like, yeah, I don't care how happy I'm here. Right. I could be happier. I have a hundred million reasons to be happier over there. <laughs> but oh yeah. God. Um, Mike Norvell's name popped up a lot of different places. The Athletic had him. USA Today had an article about him. So he was asked about it, and he gave a pretty. I mean, he gave like you. you he didn't deny it. He didn't deny it, but he said that he's very he's focused on what they're building here right he's now. He's focused on what they're building in here. Yeah, I don't blame it. Like, let's get this. Like, he should not deny it. Um, because, like I mentioned, you know, we live in a world where. Texas A&M has all this booster money. They could throw 10 years, $100 million at him. At that point, you make him think about it. And if someone offered him 10 years, $100 million, I don't think he, anyone should be mad at him for taking no, that job. No, no. <laughs> um, but I, beyond that, um, we do not believe that from talking to people, talk, digging around, that Mike Norville is probably a serious candidate over there, that he's seriously considered leaving. We, we posted a response, got a lot of reads to it. But at the end of the day, I don't think we should be worried about – anyone should be worried about him leaving. Part of the reason is Texas A&M really wants to get someone in there before signing day, which is coming up, fast right. approaching, early signing day, December 20th. Um, the transfer opens on the 5th, I believe it is. And so there's a lot going on. And we know how Mike Norvell is. You could throw $100 million at him. The guy's not going to be like, I'm going to leave this job high and dry and go do something. That's not how he operates. That's not who he is as a person. Right. So I don't think that's going to be something you have to worry about. Like, texting him is going to look to hire somebody quickly. Even if Mike Norvell was the top candidate, Mike Norvell is not going to be someone who's be like, money? I'm going to abandon my morals and go take the money and no, leave. No, he has a lot of reasons here to stay, one. And two, like, like you said, two, he has – He's, yeah, he's not going to be someone who's just going to get up and go and stuff like that. He is, he, He's not going to just make an Irish exit, for lack of a better term, and just, you know, walk out immediately and stuff like that. Or, you know, just – it's just not like – it's not going to be – it's not really like him to just – as people who have to talk to him all the time, something like that for a living, um, it, he's not the type of person that's just going to walk out like that. No, so let's just – I think that's all we're going to talk about that is I want to bring that up, bring it up, you know, our thoughts on it. Yeah, it's you know it says a lot of the program where you know I think Norvell had a quote quote about that when he talked about it two years ago he was telling recruits yeah don't worry about me I'm gonna have this job in two years I'm paraphrasing here mm-hmm. they like people were saying oh he's not gonna be there why are you gonna go there he's not gonna be there to now he said watch in two years he's gonna be saying another thing that he's gonna be leaving this job for a better job so it says you know it's a compliment to Florida State it's a compliment to what Mike Norvell's built over here mm-hmm. and that's about all we need to talk about on that is I don't think it's a worthwhile subject because I don't think he's going anywhere. No, no, I think he's I, I, I think he's staying here 
Well, speaking of Texas A&M... Oh, um, what? 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 Hey, that's what you call a segue, fellas. Well, <laughs> the uh, soccer team is back in action on Friday, NCAA second round. They will be facing Texas A&M for the second time this the year. The Aggies. Um, that game will be happening at 5.30 at Seminole Soccer Complex. Um, if you're looking for more soccer, game before at 1 p.m., number... Let's four, see you, four. Texas. yes, four. Number four, Wisconsin. Oh, four, will be Wisconsin. taking on number five, Texas. Um, and the winner of that will play the winner of FSU, Texas A and M. Um, but I mean, FSU is coming off. Of, both these teams are coming off of really strong performances. Um, FSU blanked Moorhead State five nothing in that game. They outshot them. I think it was like thirty one to two. Um, they did struggle to f- get the ball in the goal in the first half, but you know we're <laughs> you able five to five goals. <laughs> well, I mean, well, yeah. Um, it, it, it was it's two nothing at halftime, but um, they throughout there's the low block they were struggling with throughout the game. They were had no problem getting the ball in the net, but um, it was just scoring and stuff like that. They eventually got around that and were able to get net goals and stuff like that. We're getting help from just about everyone, stuff like that. We didn't really see. It was kind of a good thing for FSU. They kind of saw their like, um, you know, not. People that players that still start, but you know, aren't maybe not might not be on the score sheet or scoring as much. We saw Lauren Flynn, you know, they say that she scored a hat trick at the end of the season, but she's a defender. Um, you know, she scored her fourth goal of the season. Um, might have been a fourth or fifth, something along that. But she's a defender, so she's not she's not someone who's scoring all the time as well. Um, uh, Peyton Norris scored as well. Uh, I think Jody Brown got a got into the scoring too, Beato Olsen. Um, kind of a collaborative effort, which is important for them that they are getting effort from just about everybody on the field. They're not just leaning on one one or two people. It can be very easy to just continue to handle hand the ball to Jordan or uh, Oni, Joe, um, whenever they want because those two are just scoring machines. Um, they're the um, first duo since 2014 to score 10 plus goals each. The last seminal duo, duo to do it was uh, Diagne, uh, Brian, Brian's jar daughter, and uh, Shayna Williams, uh, both who ended up being all Americans at the end of the year. <laughs> that was um, um, that was an um, impressive job of pronunciation. Um, if we got that wrong, please do correct us because we would like to know. But yeah, sorry, Jack. Continue. Yeah, no, 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 no we didn't. didn't did as much studying as we can on that. But, um, I mean, Jordan Dudley's, you know, it looked like she was really she's, – she's overdue for one, honestly, right now. You know, in the Moorhead State game, you could tell she she, she was – again, just what she's been doing these last few games. She's been in every position to get it, and the ball either hits the post or hits the crossbar, rolls the other way, it's saved. She, she's overdue for one right now. But they're playing a good Texas A&M team. Um, uh, they beat – um, Colorado won nothing in the first round, um, which is one of the things I mentioned. It's important for Florida State to get on the board early because if you don't get on the board, you leave the door open for your opponent. You continuously leave it open for them. And then if A&M gets an early goal, they've shown that they can get one in and then hold out for the rest of the game and end up winning. Um, so Florida State, in my opinion, needs to get in to the goal early. They can't just sit on that 0-0 tie for that long um especially against a team like a&m and a team they've seen before against a&m they have played them they won two not two one a taylor huff scored her first goal as a seminal she's actually one of the leaders in the nation in assists right now um that's definitely not going to be the same game and i think fsu is expecting that this is going to be um another dominant team um texas a&m it's a good team and they are aged um veteran through the rest of the season like fsu is as well um, and then, yeah, one of the other keys I said was just to get everyone back 
just having a collaborative effort from everyone on the roster. Don't lean too much on anyone, but also, you know, just maximize every opportunity and every person that you get, whether it be your top scorer or someone who, you know, is subbed in, um, you know, get the most out of just about everybody who's on the field. Olivia Garcia really, honestly, she scored the game winning goal um, to put them up one, nothing, um, you know, someone who subs in who has been just a really good sub this entire year. And she mentioned patience was a big thing for FSU this entire season. So um, she mentioned the patience was big for them in that game um but yeah that game is at 5 30 they'll move on to face either texas or wisconsin two other teams that are really you know high scoring high, high shooting um you know another entertaining matchup for moves on from that game uh texas oh my gosh this is a team that knows how to score the ball and shoot the ball they're averaging 3.9 goals a game they're averaging 21 shots a game against lamar they had 31 shots i mean this is a team that you know knows how to score and shoot and you know can really pepper on the offense and stuff like that and um in goal i think it's good nice to know they have it's gonna be a bit of a homecoming for mia justice you know the goalkeeper yeah. she split time last year in the regular season with um Roque, christina yeah. okay and did a fine job she split time in the past two years really the championship year as well player out of lakewood ohio you know um she w- like I mentioned, she, as a freshman, she came in at Florida State, helped win a championship. She went 5-1 and won six, six starts last year. Um, she's a talented player. Someone that's great to talk to as well. It's going to be interesting to get to talk to her again this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a, you know, like, what I, I tell you, like this is a girl that they did not want to lose. No, yeah, no, no. It's good. it's going to be an interesting matchup, especially for if if it happens. Um, and she'll get she'll you know she'll see playing time either way when they play Wisconsin. But um, that's an advantage for Texas if they ended up playing FSU, just a goalkeeper that knows the team that she's going up against. Granted, it's a different team than it was last year. Brian Penske is putting in more of his system and stuff like that. But still, she knows the players on the field. She's played and practiced and you know just been around them before. So just knowing that is an advantage for Texas if they end up playing Florida. State. Yeah, she had six saves against BYU um, in the, I believe that was the, um, the Big 12 championship. Big 12 championship. Mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't remember the conference record. And then she had six saves against Lamar University in the first round. So this is a talented player. Florida State fans know how good she is and how good she can be. Um, but yeah, Wisconsin. Well, yeah, no, they the Wisconsin's the other uh, other team too. Um, they are they defeated Milwaukee, which is kind of funny. Um, just since it's all in the same state, two nothing. They outshot the Panthers, uh, nineteen to two. Milwaukee only had one shot on net the entire game. Um, they have another strong score to M, uh, Emma uh, Jasnik. Um, she has twelve goals on the season. That's only one behind Edukini. Um, so just two other strong teams on the other side of the back. Just honestly, four strong teams all around. Um, it's going to be a great weekend of soccer out at Central Soccer Complex. Um, hopefully the weather will be different and not downpouring like it is right now. Granted, it is November in Florida, which is, it's very similar to just fall in the Midwest. It's raining and it's kind of cold most of the time. So, um, hopefully we'll get a weather change coming up here. Uh, for those games but again those games start at 1 p.m uh, that is texas and wisconsin will be at 1 p.m at central soccer complex and at 5 30 florida state plays uh texas a&m and then the winners of both those games will play on sunday in the third round um and then from there they move on to quarterfinals the next weekend um 
hosts and opponents to be determined. Yeah, just um, looking it up, for, looking ahead to Sunday a little bit, it looks like Wisconsin and um, Florida State have played once against each other. It was tw- um, August 25th, 2019, so that's an earlier season. Um, Florida State won one nothing in overtime, looks like. That was back when they did, before the ties, you know, where they didn't do overtimes. And then Wisconsin's 0-2 against Florida State all-time. They won another match in Madison, Wisconsin, 2018, 3-0 Florida State. Um, I do not see any history with Texas, so I'm guessing that'll be the first time they face them. So that could be interesting. Either way, you get a, someone that you have you've only seen not since 2019. So none of these players have probably really seen Texas before. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Wisconsin before, and it doesn't look like they've ever played Texas before. So it's gonna be either way a fresh matchup. It's gonna be a different matchup. It's not gonna be the team that you played earlier this year and beat. In um, College Station. Right, If right. you get to that point, obviously. Yeah, no, it, it'll be a fun matchup for sure. All I think all the all the matchups, no matter what, will be fun games. Yeah, no, definitely. Absolutely. It's a uh, women's soccer fun. Um, you know, it will say try making guts if you can. You know, tickets are not very expensive when it comes to this, It's and it's worth your money. If you don't want to get a ticket, you can probably watch from the parking garage across the street. You watch from the parking garage. You probably could watch, if you angle yourself correctly, you could probably watch. I don't know if the sidewalk's high enough, but... It'd probably be harder to watch from the sidewalk. It'd probably be a little harder to watch from the sidewalk. If you want to go risk your life and stand up on Stadium Drive, you can probably find a good seat there. But I wouldn't recommend that. But anyway, yeah, that's soccer playing this weekend, NCAA tournament. Uh, we'll head now into men's basketball and women's basketball. Uh, men's played the most recent game. The women are off this week. They would uh, not play before, this week. Yeah. Well, they take, they take on Florida at the end of the week, right? They play Florida Friday. They play Florida on Friday, but they've been off for the majority of this week. Um, uh, we haven't touched, talked about their game yet against Tennessee. We'll do that after. But we'll talk about the most recent game. Oh, right, because um, I guess that podcast was done after that. Was, uh, yeah, it was on the day of. But we'll talk about the most recent game. Uh, FSU men's rattled off the same exact score um, it did against. You want to hear um, something funny about that Chuck told us today? What did he tell you about that? So Florida State had never had a 94-67 final. Scorigami. <laughs> they had never had a 94-67 final. And then they did it twice. And they did it twice. In a row. <laughs> in a row. Oh back to back games to start the season. So kind of crazy. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, 94-67 finish. I mean, I mean, these were two games that FSU kind of just, you know, I, I, I didn't see much of the um, – I didn't, I didn't see the uh, – God, who they play Kennesaw State? Uh, I see. I wasn't working that game, but um, just the Central Michigan game from I saw. It was a game that they kind of they got. They started the game. They just took off and went with it. They just took off and went with it, and then you know they built up a lead. and They kind of just emptied the bench from there, and it, it's looking like a very different team than it was last season. Obviously, you have your learning curves and you know adjusting to. X, 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 and X, and having new players come in, and freshmen, everybody's learning each other. Leonard Hamilton's talked about, like, I'm learning the pace of everybody. We need, and he talks about, like, things they need better at. Like, he says, you know, we need to be a little bit more in, better in the paint, stuff like that. But he's talked about how good of a perimeter team they've been this year. I mean, in that game, they shot 12 of 28 from three. So, um, you know, they're not afraid to shoot the ball. Um, and one of the biggest gains early on here for this roster has been Jameer Watkins out of VCU. Um, I think this is including preseason game. If and Essen could correct me on this as well. He, is he led in scoring for three? If we're talking about the collective, three out of the four games this season. Yeah, yeah. he has um, twenty one combined points this season. Like you know, 
the first game of the season, he had two points against um, Kennesaw State, mm-hmm. which was just didn't have to find the shot, but still, like, forget what the points. He had seven, re- seven um, I think, seven rebounds, six assists, four steals. He had um, two, um, four assists in this one. I think he had uh, four steals as well. So regardless if he's scoring or not, he's someone who is an asset who can make a difference in the game. And obviously he scored 19 points in this game to lead the team. Darren Green had 16 more. Talk about two potent shooters. Josh Nickelberry, another guy who had a couple three-pointers. Cameron Fletcher's improved his three-point shot. Bob Miller had a three-pointer and played good, really good, good game. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a talented team. But here's the thing. I, I'm not trying You know, they played two opponents that they should beat. They beat them how they should have. We'll get to it in a second. Um, but we'll yeah. see this. We'll see the challenge on Friday and stuff like that, and playing Florida on the road. But I mean, we'll yeah. get to that game in a second. But yeah, let's. Oh, 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 it's it's still you know it's still impressive to see what they did after you know opening up the regular season. I think they opened was it zero and three or zero and four. It was not a good start last year. They, they you know losing to Stetson and um this team is already more fun watching last year. It is, and the, the, again, just um Hamilton's talked about how they're just a really good shooting perimeter team, but they need to work on you know the play inside the paint stuff like that. The big thing that I saw was they need to. You know, maybe clean up the fouling and stuff like that. You had one, two, three, four guys that were kind of in foul. No, you had two guys that were kind of in foul trouble with three fouls, and then you had two other guys that were really in foul trouble with four. Um, that was the kind of thing that I saw they needed to clean up because if you flipped over to the Central Michigan box, they sent Central Michigan. If Central Michigan cleaned up at the line, this. I don't know how close it would have been, but it would have been, you know, a little bit closer. They sent Central Michigan to the line 17 times. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at the half. I'm sorry. They sent Central Michigan to the line 31 at times, which is they scored 17 points off the line. And if they if they tightened up, if they shot a lot better at the free throw line, you could argue that maybe this could be a no. I think the other game. Thing, yeah, the other thing is um, Hamilton talked about after the game is they need more inside presence. They don't have one right now. They were not scoring a ton inside, but um, you know, overall two and zero better start than last year. It's baby steps mm-hmm. get better. Um, still no Jalen Ganey, who is still working his way back. It sounds like the last I heard was a early December. Hamilton was feeling positive about him as well. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see when he gets back, mm-hmm. and then um, still nothing on. Yeah. Primo Spears. Mm-hmm. Be interesting what happens with that situation. Um, we'll talk about the Tennessee game, and then we'll get to Florida game right. in a second. Right. I mean Tennessee. Wow. I mean, you know, it was a matchup that um, you know the team was talking about. You know, maybe a little too much that me and Essen kind of thought, you know, you, you know, it felt like they were getting a little, for star lack of a better word, that's exactly what I was going to say. It seemed like they were getting a little starstruck in playing Tennessee. And, like, to rightfully so, this is one of the, like, the most established programs in women's college basketball, maybe even college basketball in general, um, and what Pat Summit did there. And even after Pat Summit had retired, um, you know, this is still one of the most consistent programs in the NCAA, and this is Florida State, who is now kind of a, you know, kind of an up-and-coming force now, and, you know, now a top 25 team, and they were very excited for the opportunity in this game. This game lived up to every expectation that Florida State put on it. Um, it came down to the wire. Um, you know, it was – Tennessee's Rakia Jackson, just she was – when FSU looked like they they had that edge and stuff like that, Rakia Jackson was the one keeping um, the Seminoles into this game. She had 31 points on the night. She had 31 points on the night, um, 17 rebounds, um, just dominating all sides of Tennessee. But 
FSU just stayed in it throughout the entire time. Tanaya Lawson had 20 points. Um, Omaria, Omaira Gordon had 22 points. Um, Alexis Tucker, who had debatably the biggest shot of the game at the free throw line, um, uh, she shot one for two in the final seconds of the game um, to give FSU the edge to break the tie. They ended up winning 92-91. Um, who, I'm trying to think of the Bonner. Had 16 points. She shot, in my opinion, you know, maybe that was the biggest shot of the game. Um, she shot her, one of her, she hasn't, hasn't I think, coming into this game, she only had one career three, or was it? She might have not had any. She shot four in that game, and the biggest one came going into the final minute. She had a three to tie the game. She had two shots to tie the game. Um, one, I can't remember what the score was, but then it was 91-88 with, I think, 110 left. She swished a three. They got a stop. Got the ball back, foul, free throw. So it was impressive. I think I told you at one point, I'm like, that Florida State was up 15. And I told you, I'm like, all right, let's see if they can maintain this. Because right. Tennessee is a veteran team. Tennessee's been through this. Tennessee's been through the ringer. They understand what needs to be done to win a basketball game. Florida State had not won that game as a collective of this team. Right. Like, under Brooke Wyckoff. They had not won that game. And so I told, I believe I told you and said, let's see if they can maintain that. Because mm-hmm. it's not easy. Tennessee's a tough team. Tennessee's a very good team. They have height. Jewel Spear, former Wake Forest standout. I mean, this who, is, someone Florida State's very familiar with. Had a great game. You know, she had 18 points. This is a team that just got off of playing the t- the U.S. national team as well. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a very talented team. And Florida State gave them all they could handle and held on. For dear God, for dear life, held on to that win. Very tough win. Very deserving win. They were number 18 entering the game. They were number twelve. They're number twelve now in the country, mm-hmm. so it's a big deal. That was a huge win. The players were ecstatic. You know, there was celebration after the game. Bill Ferreira, the assistant coach, was jumping up and down. He was so excited. They went to the locker room. Like the videos they posted, they were having so much fun. They deserved it. They earned this one. This was a well fought win. It's a program defining win. It's a season defining win. Florida State will definitely, you know, when they get to end the season, if they want to host, it'll be like, oh, look at our ten- – I mean, obviously to back it up further. Right. But that Tennessee win will carry a lot of weight later in the season. Mm, I mean, Bracketology, just you know, taking a peek at it, already has them as a four seed in the NCAA tournament. Granted, granted that's months away. But, I mean, uh, you know, as SM mentioned, this is a huge win. And they still have a lot of challenges coming up the schedule as well. I mean, you know, Florida, you know, still, you know, SEC challenge that they'll go up against on the road. They have Stanford on there. They could have Stanford. Excuse me. They have UCLA on there. They have Arkansas. They have Northwestern. Then you talk about all the conference opponents they have as well. And they really strong ACC as well. This is this is a team, if they continue to play well, they will have a good resume going into March. But, again, it is November. So um, I think they're just looking ahead right now as to what's in front of them in Florida. Well, you know, speaking of Florida, so in eight days after Friday, it's going to be Florida, Florida State football in Gainesville. So I think um, Florida, State, Florida, fan, Florida State fans can really begin Florida hate week early if they want to head to right, right. in Gainesville. Friday, doubleheader, 4 p.m. for a women's game, 7 o'clock for the men's game. Um, talk to Chuck Walsh. Talk to Chuck Walsh today. He mentioned in his twenty-five years here, he does not remember the last time Florida State, Florida, or any uh, Florida State's had like back back-to-back games, doubleheaders. Mm-hmm. So this is rare air. This will be um, a different thing. Um, I asked Leonard Hamilton about it. He said, "I did not know until a couple of days ago we had a double, <laughs> the most Leonard Hamilton um, oh thing ever." Um, Brooke mentioned, like you know, she's like. It's great that she hopes that fans show up and, like, you know, really get out to Gainesville to support the team. 
it's going to be an interesting game. Florida, sorry, but the women's game, Florida is a talented team. Um, they, obviously, they're not FSU, but they bring a talented team. They are 3-0. They just came off a 92-54 win over FAMU on Monday. Mm-hmm. They have a well, 83-69 win over Bethune-Cookman, 83-65 win over um, North Florida. So they don't have a standout win yet. They haven't even been challenged too much. But it's a team that has talent, has, you know... A team that could challenge and play well. Um, obviously, Florida State has a can match with that. Florida early on through three games, they have um, Aliyah Madero, Madero, I believe, who's averaging twenty point seven points a game, shooting thirty nine percent from three. Um, Roche Kyla, Kyle, sorry, Roche Kyle, fifteen points a game, and then they have Lulani Correa who's averaging 14.7 points, and Layla Reynolds. So they have, what was that, four p- players, and then um, Alberte Rimdell averaging nine points a game. So looks five like, guys are on double figures. It looks like Kyle's also averaging 6.7. Uh, well, that's defensive. Averaging 11 rebounds a game. 11 rebounds a game. So it's a team that averaged 41 rebounds well. a game. So, yeah, it's a ta- it's going to be a tough challenge for um, Florida State. They, um, as, you know, um, Brooke pointed out, it's a they they saw something similar in Tennessee that they it's another team that like it's an SEC team that likes having two bigs playing at all times. Mm-hmm. So something that um, Brooke said today when we talked to, I got her, when we talked to her on Zoom earlier today. She said they're gonna hope their guards can put pressure on their bigs by attacking the rim by playing outside a little bit. Um, that's how they want to play. They know that's gonna be another challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida, Florida State. It's a fun rivalry. Talked to Brooke about that. I asked her her favorite memory. She said when she was a player, it was when the program was still being built up by Sue Sumero, and so they did not always beat Florida. So she says she enjoys being Florida. Anytime she beats Florida, it's fun because that's when Florida was a dominant team. FSU was real rebuilding. I was to say, when's the last time the men have beaten Florida? Um, but Brooke said, "Then we'll get that in a yeah. second. But um, so Brooke is looking forward to this game. It's a, I like how they don't downplay the importance of games. They say the importance of it, so it's going to be fun to see. We could um, pull that up in a second. Florida's coming off a... They beat FAMU last night, 89-68. FAMU's a big game on Monday, too. No, they Monday played Oregon. Up, Oregon at Oregon, home. Oregon, yeah. Let's see if we can pull up UF FSU men's basketball history. Florida's been, you know, one of the more traditionally, yeah, 45-28. 45-28, Florida leads the all-time series. They yeah. won 76-67 last year as of the game. Uh, Florida State had a 43-26 halftime lead, led by as many as 19 points in the first half. And then Florida scored 50 in the second half. Yeah. Um, Todd Golden mentioned, like, yeah, he's like, it's, I'm once again paraphrasing here. Um, Todd Golden said something along the lines of, like, we know that guards can't dribble, so we just took the ball from them. Oh, <laughs> It, it was um it was interesting. Florida had a didn't didn't Florida State also have a, like a weird half against uh, Miami as well. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, I guess they I guess they did have a so Florida's won two in a row in the series. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Florida State had won seven in a row in the series before that, including I think it was the twenty twenty season. I want to say in Tallahassee, where the game was played, where they had that scary incident with um, Keontae Johnson going down. During the pandemic season, mm-hmm. um, obviously great to see Keontae Johnson in the NBA now, right? Doing things so, um, 
But yeah, Florida State has dominated for um, the past few years. But Florida got even again. They have a talented team. Um, it's been the first game of the season for the point guard Poland, who's been set out three games because of the NCAA suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if Primo Spears is. I doubt it. Yeah. At this point, but you know, it'd be nice if they. Got him back, but yeah, Florida, Florida State, Leonard Hamilton did not have it yet. It was going to be a doubleheader. We talked to Jalen Ward, who said it's exciting. It's me, his third time playing in the series. Mm-hmm. So I think that means he's one and uh, so he's one and two so far. Mm-hmm. So he's be, he'll be looking for his first win in the series. I think this game will answer a lot about Florida, about what Florida State is. Um, it's going to be interesting with Florida State still playing with, you know, without Jalen Ganey, that means they don't have a traditional big men's Baba Miller, 6'11. Right. Um, Florida starts two guys that are seven footers, so we'll see what happens. It should be interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Seven o'clock game. Mm-hmm. Um, if Florida State could prove win that game, I think we could definitely say. I mean, last year was a, someone asked me on Twitter, "Is this Florida State team better than last year's team?" I'm like, really, really low bar. Yes, it's a low bar to yeah, it's a low bar to hurdle. They've crossed that, but the, what does that, what does that actually mean? Right. Are they a tournament team or like we'll see. I think this game could go a long ways answering um, Florida State. Florida played Virginia tough a couple of games ago, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Anything else on basketball for you, Jack? No, it's just it's 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 been a lot of fun to cover them so far. It's um it, hopefully it'll be an exciting season this year. On um, the women, I think I, the women definitely have the scene set for them to have an exciting year, and I think the men, you know, have a little bit of a redemption arc so far. Yeah. Um. So we told you guys last week. Um. Speaking of Miami week, um, we told you last week we were going to go to the volleyball match on Sunday. Man, Jack, talk about that. Atmosphere. They're good. They're, I mean, they're a good team. It's a, it's a loud, it's a loud, loud, loud gym. Just it's low ceiling. I think the Tully gyms originally what where the basketball teams used to play. So they definitely get a lot out of there as well. And Florida State, you know, Miami took an early set from them and they ended up beating Miami uh, three to one. But um, I mean, Florida State's a very talented team um, up front. In from my opinion, in just watching volleyball, this is a team that really knows how to operate well off the block. They're very you know they're very tricky with the ball and just the tips and stuff like that they really they're just a good operating team on that front line there um the only thing I kind of saw stand out a little bit was just um you know just the back line you know defense a little bit as well and um but they you know they were able to pull through and stuff like that it was kind of some tight it was tight sets throughout and stuff like that the Florida State ended up walking with the 3-1 win still an exciting matchup still a team that is what is that win streak up to now is that five six That is five a five-game win streak right now, which looks like it's one of the longest in the ACC right now. Um, but yeah. Currently edging – they're tied for first right now on the ACC. Um, they're playing really well. Yeah, I mean, um, I was looking ahead. Florida State – I mean, obviously, to talk about that match a little bit, that was um, a fun atmosphere. That was the first time we – either of us have been to an FSU volleyball match, and yeah. we are both kicking ourselves like, wow, we haven't been here before. This right. is, you know – but it was a fun environment. Um, they play Chicago State on the 17th, which is Friday. Yes. Friday. Then they have UNC uh, on the road on the 19th, which would be Sunday. Sunday. They win that one. They play Notre Dame six days later. Um, that's going to be uh, Saturday. Saturday, yeah, Saturday they play the same day as the um, FSU, FSU Florida, Florida game. game. So at home. But um, they win those two matches. They'll finish 16-2. and two. That means they have to kind of get some help. Um Look at their, um, you know, UNC this year's um, twelve and thirteen overall, six and ten in ACC. So this should be a winnable match. 
Notre Dame was 10 and 14, 4 and 12 in ACC. So those are two winnable matches. You went out, you go 16 and 2, you at least get a share of the um, ACC championship. Right. But Louisville closes out with Pitt, who it, is um, on the road. On the road, 13, um, 22 and 4, 13 and 2. Very talented team. Then they have Georgia Tech, 21 and 4, 21 and 4, 12 and 3 in conference play. The number. So Florida State, Louisville has two t- tough tests available uh, left. Florida State has two matches they should win. There's a chance they win the outright championship in the of for the ACC. There's a real chance. I mean, if everything goes right for um, FSU, they could. Um, this is a very, very good Louisville team. I think they're one of the best in the country right now. Um, very talented team. So it'll be interesting to see how things pan out here and then setting up for the ACC tournament yeah, after that. that. Now, if an ideal world, let's see who Pitt closes with. So, yeah, let's say... Um, Louisville walks up, knocks off Pitt and falls to Georgia Tech. Florida State would win the outright if, as long as they win the final two games. So that'd be kind of the ideal scenario for Florida State. Pitt still has Louisville, Miami, and at Syracuse left. So I think you're more look like looking at you probably need Louisville to beat Pitt, mm-hmm. then Pitt, um, then um, Georgia Tech knock off. Then all those three teams behind them would be three losses. So mm-hmm. that'd be the way to win the ACC outright. Then obviously you have the ACC tournament. Get into the stuff. Florida State volleyball is ranked number twenty-five. Very talented team. They're fun to watch. If you have a chance, you know, Friday or next Saturday to go watch them, I would highly recommend that me and Jack enjoy our experience out there. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to go out to Chapel Hill on Sunday, feel if free. Yeah, definitely. I'm not going to stop you from going to Chapel Hill. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Um, some great stuff going on. Um, we will get to one more thing: a different sport. Like we mentioned, we're going to bring you everything. We can talk about football, soccer, men's basketball, women's basketball, volleyball. Now we're going to end with cross, cross country. country. Yeah. Um, Florida State is going to send a, the men's team and local runner Allison Churchill mm-hmm. to the um, cross country championship nationals in Charlottesville, Virginia. Mm-hmm. That's going to be this Saturday. Um, Churchill qualified as a runner. She was a top four qualified finisher. Outside of a team that qualified, so she on, burnt, uh, earned automatic birth. The men's team finished second in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's been some success in Gainesville already, so maybe that could carry over <laughs> to some other teams. It could. It could. Um, so, talking to Church, um, just before I started recording this, I talked to Allison and um, one of the men's runners, and they talked about how it's going to be, you know, they haven't run their best race yet. They're looking for that, the men's side. If they run their best race, you know, they said they kind of ran out of a steam against Tennessee, and Tennessee made a comeback to win mm-hmm. the regional, so they think they have a chance to do something. They want to finish as high as possible. I'm not sure if they realistically think the national championship's in play, mm-hmm. but I think you just run as, best, as well as you can and let the cards fall where they may. Right. Um, Churchill, I think um, Coach mentioned, she was four minutes away and kind of just tired out from being an All-American a few years ago, top 40 Ringy top All-American. So she has a real chance this year. You know, she's really looking forward to going out there. She went to Childs High School. Yes. And um, it's someone that's going to – just loves representing Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. She may talk about today, you know, she's going to have one more chance to do that and go represent Tallahassee as a, as a runner and show them, like, you know, hey, look, this is what I could do. Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. Pain. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There we go. All right, but yeah, I think I think we've covered just about all of it here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, um, we still have a few months away from softball and baseball. 
did talk to um, Kaylee Mudge the other day. Um, she was outside um, walking my practice. I asked her, she has a boot on. If you've seen her on campus with a boot on, she got um, she was having some pain in her ankle. She got it. She's a few months off, um, but she's gonna be being, back to being playing soon. She said, "I have to run a lot, so I just want to make sure I take care of it before my final season." Right. She does run a lot. She fun does. player. Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, she's a fun player. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, uh, we got you soccer updates. We got you a little bit of everything in this podcast, which is why you should, if you're listening on Spotify through at this point, you know, make sure you like and subscribe. Go watch that Null Script. Um, Jack, where can they find us on socials? Yeah, of course. All of our socials are Null Sports, um, whether it's on X slash Twitter, for it's on Facebook. Um, uh, Instagram's THL, uh, TLH, excuse me, again. <laughs> uh, Null Sports. Uh, my personal Twitter slash X is Jack G. Williams. Essence is SN underscore Cassum. And yeah, I think that's just about it here. Yeah. Find our content at talentsy.com slash Null Sports. <laughs> We have, you know, um, a lot of content constantly coming out. We try to give you guys the best information we have, and we appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you. Yes, thank you.